make a hissing sound? You know, it's been a weird weekend for me. <laughs> Gotta give me a little bit of slack. I uh, with the with the eye surgery and subsequent um, pain medication. I've just been like all over the place. I assumed that <clears throat> it was more like you were doing what Mary does when she's on her pile of boxes. But I called Mary beautiful, so you were like, no. Oh. <laughs> Only I'm, I. I'm the dragon. She's my treasure. <laughs> yes. Welcome to misogyny. <laughs> Hello. Well, it was just love. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and you start playing Monument Valley for like a second and suddenly everyone's fighting over you. It's kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. Should we get into it? That's what I was just about to do. Nice. God, Mary. Welcome to Categorical Oracle. <laughs> wow. Wow. Welcome to Categorical Oracle. Mary super, made me mad. Super welcoming. <laughs> Your tone is really appealing to the masses. I feel like I feel like if you were just kind of tuning in and you're like, I don't know, I'm kind of wishy-washy about this show, then you're like, oh, hell yeah. I like her attitude. This woman sounds like Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Except she has a female voice. Yeah, yeah, that's not right. Yep. Uh, that's not oh, yeah. right. Yeah, I, I yeah, mean, yeah, her yeah. voice is a little deep, though. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Categorical Oracle, the podcast where three librarians organize pop culture's drunk drawer. I'm Kelly, and with me are my fellow oracles. Andrew Crawford. Hi, Mary Johnston. Hi. Hi. What's hey. going on? We're saying hi to each other. I have, I now, have yeah. the least interesting things going on with me of all the people <laughs> sitting in this room, so I'm just going to let you guys take it away. Oh. Um, Andrew I, doesn't have a cornea anymore. In what I, what, no, 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 no. I have a cornea. It's not the top layer of my cornea. It's <laughs> missing something. Because I had to get it removed for for medical reasons. It's not gone yet. <laughs> not for fun. Oh yeah, no. Not you for know, fashion. It yeah, wasn't it like was an, an optional. I was like, you know, according to my insurance, it's it's, it's, it's an a, optional. It's, thing. A, it's a what's the uh, super um, uh, uh, cosmetic cosmetic, cosmetic thing. Oh. I'm like, oh oh, being oh, able to see yeah. it's cosmetic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta fight that. the insurance. I, company. I'm always so self conscious about the the top layer of my cornea. Top layer yeah. of my cornea is just it's really just like, fat. Oh god, I just I'll never be beautiful with this top layer. With the cornea is too thick. False, too thin, actually. Anyway, um, yeah, so that, that's a fun thing I'm dealing with right now, or we'll be dealing with lately. But you're not for, taking painkillers right now. Right now, I'm I'm like not regretting it, but I'm definitely going to after we're done recording. Are you in pain? I'm in discomfort. You, did you take a leave? I did. Okay, good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna power through because I don't want to be too goofy. Could I want to like make be able to string sentences could together. You do, like take some acetaminophen <clears throat> now. No, because my painkiller. Yeah, I know it's that's, okay. it's like it's Percocet, so acetaminophen, and then yeah, but she's saying like take it like, now so that when I, I'm gonna be okay. Or like you could take some ibuprofen. I'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna hunch in the dark. We are giving you excellent painkiller. Yeah, I, I love it. Telling I love you it. all of it. it. <clears throat> there was a girl at work who was telling me that she needed to get her IUD removed, and I was just like, I've never had to do that yet. And she was like, Yeah, I'm a little scared. And I'm like, Are you gonna take ibuprofen before you go? And she's like, Yeah. And I was like, How many are you gonna take? And she's like, Two. And I was like. Take four. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Here's the Let's thing. Let's not fuck around with this. Huh? Here's the thing. Max, maximum doses. Yeah. <laughs> no, take four. <laughs> uh, let me tell you. Let me give you some medical advice. Let me give you some unsolicited <laughs> medical advice that I am not qualified to give you. But, In any way. But if I were you. But if I were you, I would take four. All of it. Between, between you, me, and the plastic piece that's embedded in your uterus. Yeah. Hey, what's your favorite Reese's candy bar? Take five? Or minus one? <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Or just take five, whatever. I well, I will say, taking four. I will say, Kelly, liver. when I had to go to urgent care because I dropped if- your desk on my finger... They gave me four. Andrew's so. in bad shape. Yeah. Um, I'm a little Frank finger. Mary suggested <laughs> we save that eye. desk. 
<laughs> I mean, like, the desk... Maybe you should tell most of that story, but that desk is cursed as hell. I bought this desk from a uh, estate sale, so probably a dead person. Uh, we went to go pick it up. Andrew, like, took the top half and fell down the stairs with it, and it crushed his finger. <laughs> it lacerated my finger. Sure. Uh, with a crushing, crushing injury. Wound. It was crushing. a crushing wound. He has five stitches across his little finger. Yeah. And then, so we, like... Maybe it makes it sound so diminutive. It was well, a bit... No, it's, I mean, it was a pretty minor... It was a big finger. boy injury. I'm tough. I have man hands. Ah, uh, my pinky's so wide it took five <laughs> stitches. What a weird brag. What a weird, a weird, 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 brag. weird flex, bro. Uh, and then... Uh, uh. And then we got Andrew all stitched up. Mary came back to my house to help me move the desk into my house. Yep. And as we were moving, I was like, okay, I got to be careful of this little dip in my sidewalk and immediately fell down in it. <laughs> and had like a little pratfall where we, I both just had a little giggle about it. <laughs> you like rolled onto your back like a hedgehog. Yes. <laughs> it was really no, cute. Like I was not hurt at all, but yeah. Uh, so Mary is now afraid the desk, the is, desk is coming for which, me. Which sounds like. Sounds like a short story someone could write, almost plainly. I it mean, could. which, which, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Kelly, yeah, is that a topical transition that I've just put together? It, it was a topical, topical transition, topical transition. It's a topical transition. Would you like some something some something to tap your bagel? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Too far, too far. You I'm went sorry. too far, sir. I'm sorry. It's the drugs. I'm, I'm, they made <laughs> me crazy. <laughs> it's he's coming down from the drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it makes yeah, it there, mean. There's a, there's a baby crawling on the ceiling with his head turning around right now. That's, that's it's, anyway. Anywho, <laughs> uh, school's back in session. Let's talk about some short stories school's that we were all back from <laughs> the summer. Wow. School's back forever. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, so I thought it would be fun to talk about some short stories that we were all forced to read in <laughs> high school, middle school. Elementary, uh, too. In some elementary instances. school. Yeah. For me, because I'm old. Sure. All right. Wait. What? what? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd read at least. The, um, well, we can, we can we'll get into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We'll go into it, yeah. Uh, maybe we could talk about this up top. I was just telling Mary when we were getting together this morning, like, uh, I remember as a kid being like, these stories are so long. <laughs> it's like, how am I going to be able to read this all in one day? The longest story was like six pages in child font. So the big letters. So big, big ass bees. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we, um, I know it's like when you watch Disney movies again, and I remember one of my favorite Disney movies, Disney movies was The Rescuer Down Under because I've Rescuers Down Under because I've always liked the B sides. And have been very indie my whole life. <laughs> and I just remember the, like, opening shot of them, like, zooming around uh, Australia taking six million years. It is literally ten seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> as watch and read as an adult, I, like, I, like looked away for a second to adjust to my positioning on the couch and it was over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. The one that was most surprising is actually the first on our list that Miss Mary read. Uh, which is the gift of the magi um and i remember it just being so long and drawn out it was four pages long guys <laughs> four pages long in like in like 
a seven a nice 16 font <laughs> like yeah, yeah yeah well the first page is in really big font and yeah. then it gets smaller but it's it's it, <laughs> As it takes, the story progresses. It, it takes a a group that would be wild <laughs> that would be some like house of leaves <laughs> nonsense uh, no, uh, novelty nonsense yeah Ooh. that's just ridiculous yeah so gift of the magi was me um this is written by o henry o henry o henry <laughs> great candy bar um <laughs> And if you're not familiar with this story, uh, here's a brief synopsis. Um, A couple is in financial straits. The husband's name is Jim. The wife's name is Della. And they end up sacrificing their most prized possessions in order to buy a Christmas gift for the other person. And here's where my first passage is going to come in. The James Dillingham Youngs were very proud of two things which they owned. One was Jim's gold pocket watch. It had once belonged to his father, and long ago it had belonged to his father's father. And the other thing was Della's hair. If a queen lived in the room near theirs, Della would have washed and dried her hair where the queen could see it. Della (laughs) knew her hair was more beautiful than any of the queen's jewels and gifts. If a king had lived in that very same house with all his riches, James would have looked at his pocket watch every time they met. James knew that no king had anything so valuable. They think a lot of these things. Oh, yes. oh big fan. Big fans. Big fans. Big love fans. Love Holy it. smokes. Um, yeah. A little bit later, they describe uh, Della. So Della decides she's going to sell her hair. Yes. To buy James a gift. And James ends up selling his pocket watch to buy her a gift. And this is how it describes when Della decides that she's going to sell her hair and like looks at it one more time. So now Della's beautiful hair fell about her, shining like a falling stream of brown water. It reached (laughs) below her knees. It almost made itself into a dress for her. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed like she could have made some money doing that. Like just showing off her dress hair. Yeah, give to like a really low, low stakes freak show. I don't know why she just isn't isn't asking queens to to pay (laughs) to see her hair. I mean, it seems like that's that that's where I thought the story was going to go. Um, like, so, so of course, unfortunately, Della sells her hair to buy a platinum pocket watch fob for the same watch that Jim sells to buy ornamental jeweled hair combs for her. Wah, wah. Oh my Goddamn gift of the Magi. <laughs> That's unfortunate, but fortunately... It's a, it's a real gift of the Magi yeah. situation. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> this story is about ideal, idealistic love, not <laughs> practical advice for gift giving. <laughs> yes. So, and it ends on this bananas note. (laughs) The Magi, as you know, were wise men, wonderfully wise men, who brought gifts to the newborn Christ child. They were first to give Christmas gifts. Being wise, their gifts were doubtless wise ones. And here I have told you a story of two children who are not wise. Each sold the most valuable thing he owned in order to buy a gift for the other. But let me speak a last word to the wise of these days. Of all who give gifts, these two are the most wise. For they... for. For all who give and receive gifts, such that, such as they are, are the most wise. What? <laughs> Everywhere there are wise ones, there are magi. Hey, oh, I've got some questions. <laughs> oh, what I the think, fuck? I think, I, think that, I think that O might have might have been having some opium <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's like these people are not wise, but in fact they're the most wise for giving the wisest of gifts, and that's the end. Especially since, like, I don't know. Throughout the rest of the story, it's very much like, well, 
the people who sacrifice and give from the heart, those are the best gifts of all. Yeah. Like, isn't that the note? Should yeah, you kind of just could have left it. At, I think the story kind of speaks for itself. Also, not to not to make dark jokes, but if I recall the details of o. Henry, o. Henry's life correctly, he should have been having some O duels, but instead was not. <laughs> and that but that might have been what got to him. <laughs> Wait, what? He was alcoholic. <laughs> so you think he was? Do you think he was having a very wise O duels, but it was unwise to have it? But maybe it was the most wise of them all. I think you nailed it. I think you just like mm-hmm. succinctly and very clearly <laughs> nailed exactly what I was trying Ooh. to say. So can I come, can I make one uh, hilarious comment about this? Just one, no more sure. than that. Um, so I think so this is a story that I was first read, and I believe I was in elementary school, possibly middle school, a child, right? And this feels like it. it this yeah. could work like either way. Grade, Sixth grade, and I, yeah. I think on some level, like if you if you take away this sort of clumsy ending there, um, the clumsy epilogue. The story, the, 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 there's a reason the story has manifested itself so, f- or is so firmly rooted in our cultural consciousness. Like it's something we reference all the time. There's you know all sorts of uh, every uh, sitcom has every, had some example yes. of this. Yeah, The Simpsons yes. grift of the Magi, things like that. Um, yes. But when I was a child, the teacher read us a story, and none of the kids could get past the idea that this guy sold his silver watch for a comb. <laughs> Because we didn't understand that a comb wasn't a thing you ran through your hair to get it straight. It was just like, you know, an ornamental thing you put your, yeah, in your hair. In your, yeah. And it, I swear to God, I, fe- I feel like the you teacher he, like, barely finished the story because <laughs> we were like, hold the phone. Hold, I remember having phone. a similar thought about this. Yeah. Yeah. We were like, combs are like a dollar, bro. <laughs> how, how fancy can this silver watch chain be if it's only worth one comb? Um, this was a source of great distress and confusion. For, it's a like, gold watch. It's silver, isn't it? It's gold. It's a platinum fob. Well, then it's platinum. No, no, no. no. Platinum fob with gold The fob watch. she buys is platinum. The oh, watch oh, itself oh, see, is gold. I'm already getting the details confused. Uh, Sorry. One is silver and the other is gold. Wow. Sir, that's no end. That's how long I want to be your friend. Anywho. Um, I also love that I just fully pulled this off the internet and definitely pulled off the, like, one that a sixth grader is supposed to read that had, like, bolding on the important words. <laughs> I appreciate that. Was one of those when words I, comb? Yeah, was, one of the, was one of With those, an asterisk. Was one of those words wise? Because it's so... <laughs> you can read it from space. Uh, I also... I also which, which, as someone who just had eye surgery, super appreciate. Yeah. yeah. By the way. So I looked up O. Henry... For obvious reasons, after reading this story, after reading that last paragraph, I was like, like, I need to know more about this man. Um, And he also wrote this story that I would like to summarize for you. A cop and an anthem is about a New York City hobo named Soapy who sets out to get arrested so he can be a guest in the city jail instead of sleeping out in the cold winter streets. Despite efforts of petty theft, vandalism, disorderly contact, and quote-unquote flirting, mashing, He's oh. mashing. with young prostitutes, <laughs> Soapy fa- fails... Soapy. Soapy. Soapy fails to draw attention of the police. He... He, in a moment of reflection, he pauses in front of a church where an organ anthem inspires him to clean up his act and act right. Ironically, he is charged with loitering and taken to the prison for three months. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so oh, Henry really liked it's like a, it's like a, you oh, thought you wanted this one thing and then when you got it, you didn't want it anymore. Oh, man. Mm. That's why the O'Henry bar is actually made out of soap. There you go. You think you're gonna? You think you want a candy bar, but actually, you want soap. <laughs> so soapy. <laughs> oh uh, man! I also, to me, it's one of those things where I'm like, as as a kid, and even now, I'm like, but why did she sell all of her hair? 
Yeah, couldn't she have just like got like, cut to like, her shoulders? Yeah. Like a cute little bob. But like they make it sound like they like rash like acted her, at the yeah, back of her head. Like, and it was a pass, so you know it was it was a yeah, it was a, it was a, a big deal. Cut. Yeah. yeah. A, uh. Selling hair. I mean she still does have hair. She could wear the combs. It just looked a little bit silly. No, it specifically says that she has hair like a boy. Yeah, like a schoolboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I almost pulled that passage too, because that's also ridiculous. Yes. Mm. So all right. So what does that people have for categories? Oh. Well. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's very. Oh. You do it. Oop. Oop. Just going to sneak right past you there. Um, I. This story seems really silly to me for kids. But like, I understand, you know, it has residents. But it is sort of funny. Like, if you read this, you have no idea. Like, it's sort of like you have ideas about marriage that aren't real. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I called this preteen Cana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I just simply called this uh, the price of women's oppression. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, Miss Della could have gone to work too and had more than $1.87 to spend on her husband, uh, but she didn't because she was a housemaker. That's right. Oof. She was sal- And she also probably took on the name of Dillingham. Oof. Well, she. Oof. To be fair, I mean, like, she was called Mrs. John Dillingham, which is, like, Jim. my least favorite thing mm-hmm. when people take on Mrs. their husband's name. Full but, name, yeah. So. It's weird. Yeah. Um, so one one recurring theme that I, I, I touched on with all with a few of these uh, options was there. there's a certain type of story which has just – a. It was built around a very tight ending. Like this story, from a from a sort of structural layout perspective, is kind of perfect in many respects. Like you have these two things. There's sort of expectation. You build, um, create conflict. The conflict is resolved in a way that is thematically um, tight, for lack of a better word. So that reminded me very much of you know when you have a like, when you're in the presence of like a let's say a baby or a small child, and you play peekaboo. The reason they like this, they like it typically is because it's um, you, you create a sense of conflict and confusion. You disappear. Then you then you suddenly create a big surprise, big sort of climactic moment, and then you reappear. And there's a sense of security in the mind of the baby. They love this perfect narrative balance. So with that in mind, my category is not peekaboo, but peekabook. 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 Yeah. <laughs> peekabook. I like peekabook a lot. Thank peek-a-book. Thank you. I like peek-a-book. 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 So our next story is The Monkey's Paw by W.W. Jacobs. W.W.J. <laughs> which was read by Andrew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So classic. Um, so first of all, I guess like I, worth noting, I didn't actually, so this is a story that's again like omnipresent in sort of Western culture. I feel like you yeah. always, because there have been uh, over a hundred various adaptations and various forms of this story. It's it's everywhere. The, fir- the fact the first time I encountered it was not in this format. It was in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, the <laughs> seminal horror TV show from our childhood. Yes, children's horror. Yes. And apparently, there's also uh, an episode of Tales from the Crypt. There's also an episode of Very uh, uh, poked up. Yeah, what? Well, season season Soon. seven. Don't worry, found out. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's everywhere. The basic idea um, to give a quick summary of the story in its original form. Uh, imagine yourself in, I believe, the 19th century or early 20th century. I suspect uh, back before working in a factory was safe. Let's put it like <laughs> that. Uh, so an elderly couple, Mister and Missus White, live with their adult son uh, in a home that is sort of isolated from 
whatever part of the world they're living in. Uh, I believe England, I'm I assuming, given the context. Yeah. Um, so they're they're near a factory, but they are surrounded by a sort of muck and swamp, and it's hard to get to. So it's, it's appropriately spooky for a spooky story, which, sidebar, this story legitimately did give me a little bit of the shivers. It's pretty creepy. Like, it's, I was like, ooh, when I read it. Um, so basically, uh, their son, Herbert, uh, they, they, the whites <laughs> would love their Herbert. son, Herbert. Now, one uh, particularly <laughs> spooky night, they have uh, a couple of guests come. A colonel, I believe. Uh, colonel Morris? Sorry. Don't da, da, da. care, if I'm very honest. A British um, <laughs> sergeant major type. Uh, a, they have a guest who's a sergeant who named, by the name of Sergeant Major Morris, who attends with another elderly friend of theirs. Uh, sergeant Major Morris was in the army in India, the British colonial army in India, and has all manner of fun stories to tell. But, of course, he has one. The, the, the story that matters is the one about the... <laughs> The mysterious Indian fakir, which is a word when you say it out loud, does not sound not okay. Great. I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. I feel like I should be bleeping that, but I don't know. Anyway, so this is Indian holy man. <laughs> let's say. say who can say uh, this Indian holy man uh, apparently uh, created or put a curse on a specific a specific object. A monkey's paw that was intended to like it all, like, all yeah. around like in India. Whatever, They're just littered about. Whatever you got lying around. You know, in America, it's baseballs and pretzels. In India, it's monkey's paws. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. or monkey brain soup if you watch Indiana Ooh. Jones and the Temple of Doom. Super aged. Well, that movie. Yeah. Um, aged super well, rather. Um, so the story goes, the, the summary of the story is basically that uh, the fakir put a curse on this monkey's paw uh, to help uh, men who, three men who would happen to find it, not three particular men, but three men, uh, give them the ability to learn about the value, of, learn, learn about the nature of fate, that they cannot escape their fate. I'm not sure how that thread really follows through the story, but that's, that's the conceit yeah. of the paw. So um, we find out that there was a gentleman in India who'd made three wishes, and his third wish was to die? I believe. Uh, and that is how the paw came into the possession of uh, of Sergeant Major Morris, who told the story, made his wishes, did not expound upon the details of his wishes, but gave fair warning that no one else should use this paw. He throws it into the fire. Mr. White grabs it from the fire and is like, don't be stupid. It's gonna be fine. I, monkey well, paw. This is just out. a goofy yeah. monkey paw. And he starts to making, he begins to, he begins to make sort of outlandish wishes, but then Sergeant Major Morris is like, be cool. Keep it simple. <laughs> then uh, the dinner guests leave, and on a bit of a whim, uh, Mr. White, at the prompting of his uh, family, wishes for 200 pounds, holds the monkey's paw aloft, says that it wriggles upon making the wish, oh. drops it, which is a horrifying thought, uh, and then everyone goes to bed. The next day, uh, their adult son, Herbert, goes off to work. Some hours later, a man in a jaunty little top hat and tails comes up to their door uh, after being a little bit nervous to do so tells them that their son got caught in the machinery at the unnamed factory which he works which just sounds pretty grisly as it's supposed to yeah um and the family of course is beside themselves uh full of grief at the loss of his son which is intended to be i guess softened by the acquisition of 200 pounds in insurance money <laughs> Yeah. Actually, my favorite part of that is that they're like, while the company takes no responsibility for this, and it is definitely his fault, we will give you two hundred pounds. Here's some here's yeah. some hush money for the thing that definitely is not our fault. Yes, this was this was a cosmetic mangling, <laughs> yeah. so we're not going to give you the full <laughs> full pay. Sorry, still a little salty about that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Herbert is dead. Uh, he's got to pay out of two. His family's going to pay out of two hundred pounds. The wish has been fulfilled. They just this is a part of the story that kind of like confuses me, and that they don't 
get rid of the pod. They just leave it on the mantle. Yeah. They're like, no one touch it. Display. Just don't. Yeah, it's 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 weird. But don't like don't make a wish or anything. Um, but then uh, distraught. Mrs. Not White. even a birthday one. Oh God, no, God, no, because then <laughs> you know how many boyfriends <laughs> would you have? Old candle. <laughs> like like that my God. Funny. <laughs> um, so Mrs. White encourages uh, Mr. White to wish their son back to life. Never a good idea. Never a good idea. Don't do it, guys. Great Turns idea. Out, Oh, what? Always D- do it. Dissenting voice. <laughs> Always, Always do it. Pro necromancy. Do it. Um, what could go wrong? Mr. White. <laughs> what <laughs> could go wrong? A great question to ask. Let me lay you some facts. So, Mr. White's like, hell no. Our son was like a mangled, gross mess when he died. I, I only recognized him because of his clothing. Ugh, grizzly. Rough. Mrs. White encourages her husband to. What a nag. Oh my gosh. So he's like, what's her husband's name? Mr. White. <laughs> it's always like white, Whitey. I'm going to call him Whitey. Yeah. <laughs> Whitey, take out the trash. Whitey, pick up eggs on your way home. Whitey. <laughs> Wish our son isn't dead. Whitey. Go pick commit, up. Make a deal with the devil and bring our son back from the dead. Don't forget to pick up Herbert Herbie from the morgue. <laughs> That's right. Uh, anyway, so, so eventually uh, he does wish his son back. Nothing happens immediately. They're a little bit. The wind kind of goes out of their sails. The monkey's paw takes time. It's like a well, It takes filter. time, but more importantly, Herbert, it's is, not... Herbert is buried like a 20-minute walk away. Uh-huh. So You can't uh, rush the monkey paw. The no, monkey no, paw no, no, is no, going to no. take its time. Exactly. It's not wearing a watch. <laughs> Herbert has it to doesn't have a claw wrist. out of a grave. I mean. Yeah. And he's mangled. And mangled. So as the story progresses, it's uh, late in the late in the like two in the morning, something like that. Uh, Mr. White wakes up to go get some water, and here's a faint tap tap tapping at the door. The tap tap tapping gets louder, becomes a bang. Yeah, he panics. His wife goes to answer the door. He, in a huff, kind of picking up on what's going on here, grabs the monkey's paw, wishes uh, to undo his previous wish. In and a huff? Yeah, he's like panicking. He like runs to get the. I don't know. Huff would be like. I don't oh. want to see my dead gross son. Golly, jeez. <laughs> dead gross. If he was still beautiful. Um, so Mr. White grabs the monkey's paw, makes his final wish, which is to undo his previous wish. And upon answering the door, there's nothing there, which does kind of contradict the whole, like, he had to walk here or whatever, but that's details. Um, so that's my summary what's of the What's the bad spot. thing that happens there? Um, great yeah. question. I think the 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 upshot is well. No, there is a bad thing that happens there. Now he has to live with his wife, knowing <laughs> that at the last minute he oh, jerked yeah. her son away from her again. Mm-hmm. So the kid basically effectively died twice, Ugh. and he has to live with that. That's the bad thing. Mm. If if my if my eighth grade English class serves <laughs> me right, hey yo, I think the the lesson really is like. <laughs> Three or third times a charm. No, no, that's really yeah. like the lesson. The no, the lesson here is learn to make better wishes. Yeah, have have caveats. I would say the lesson here is if somebody hands you a monkey paw, you throw it in the fire and leave it there. Yeah, don't 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 grab someone else's refuse from a fire. <laughs> that's rude. If they threw a cigar wrapper in there, maybe you the, wouldn't grab maybe it. Maybe the it, message there is pause belong on monkeys, not on, very, yeah, on your yeah. hands. Okay, hippie. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> hippie. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, oh. that's the monkey's point. Yeah, like it's, it's something that's been sort of, uh, like many of the stories, the, the sort of central, the, the sort of denouement of it is sort of echoed throughout pop culture in various ways. There's TV shows, there's yep. books, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, thoughts on the monkey's paw? Still, uh, there are a few stories that are still, like, kind of scary. Yeah. 
This that, is one of them. I would agree. It was. I was not prepared to be actually frightened by reading the story, but I was sitting on our couch casually looking at my iPad and literally like lights were on, watching TV. Mary was right next to me. I could hold her hand if I needed to and I got scared. My monkey paw. My, my monkey paw. <laughs> I could hold my wife's monkey paw. And you reach better. out for my hand and I was holding a monkey's paw and you end up holding the monkey paw. And you're like, here, you want this? I was going to throw it away, but... Uh, yeah. I, this, Mary is just would like, you like this lightly singed monkey paw? I fished it out of a neighbor's fire. Yeah. <laughs> uh, George's. No. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> anybody has a monkey paw yeah um, it'd be us and then it would be George yeah exactly but no the, but yeah it's, it's like right in its from it's still unlike a lot of these stories it still has its sort of initial impact which is very oh, impressive you guys, I think. Are, you guys are sensitive sallies yeah were you not afraid of the monkey's paw yeah wow. I would say afraid isn't the right word creeps yeah creeps I was, out. like it it creeps the visual yeah the visual it, it does a good job of painting it does what good horror storytelling does when it doesn't show you the monster but makes you f- very afraid of the monster. Yeah. Like, you know that Herbert is going to be genuinely terrifying to see. You pull up right to the last minute and then you pull away from it. And then you're like, oh. So, there's here's a, the heebie-jeebies. There's an awesome, uh, the best retelling of Monkey... Because this is very much like uh, Gift of the Magi, which has been told many, many, a many times. times yep. As you pointed out at the top, there's a reason why I picked these. It's because everyone, like, I'm pretty sure everyone knows most of them. Yeah. 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 Except for the last one. Yeah. You got all that sneaky little That's cheeky. That's my sneaky one. Yeah. Cheeky choice at the end. Uh, anyway, so uh, we guys have our uh, categories for the monkey's pow. I uh, did a very, uh, I named this after a very prominent example of a monkey's paw, of a be careful what you wish for situation mm. in pop culture. The big bad Beetleborgs <laughs> <laughs> is the name of my category. Big bad, bad Beetleborgs. So, throw back question: bad Did you ever go back and actually watch Big Bad Beetleborgs? Okay, well, I mean, I think you should uh, yeah, report yeah, back to us. Yeah, I'll report back. For those of you who aren't unfamiliar with this reference, mangled, go watch our episode. The mangled body, body of your son is going to show up yeah. Yeah. if you start watching the Big Bad Beetle War. I already have a mangled body of a squirrel in my backyard. I don't need this. That squirrel's going to come and knock on your door. For those of you unfamiliar with this reference, go back and watch Power Rangers Knockoff. Yep. Watch. Go back and listen to the episode, Power Rangers Knockoffs. You can watch it's them. It's great. Yeah. You can watch them, all of them, too. On most, Many of them on YouTube, because they most are bad. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um, I went with so my my category here is it's again I'm combining two ideas into a single category like a clever clever boy does like a portmanteau of ideas exactly so a um, <clears throat> poor man's portmanteau mm, sure I mean a middle class and this is a pretty give like, to the magi manteau yeah. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is all monkey's paw manteau if you will um, so uh, this is a story about a body part which is used for weird reasons and causes offense, let's say broadly. A phrase for using a body part to cause offense is flip them the bird, right? Like, you know, that's a little old timey, but you flip them somebody up, flip them the bird. Also, uh, a bird that's often used in magic is a dove, and these are magical body part related stories, so I went with flip them the dove. Flip them the dove. Flip them the dove. Um, I, so... In general, I think when you read these stories, especially short stories for uh, middle schoolers, which I think this is, I think this is like eighth grade. A little grisly for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that the whole point is to kind of to teach you how to interpret literature for sure. But usually there's also like a little bit of like a like a truism in there as well. Who is this for? <laughs> so, like this story yeah <laughs> who is this for i mean it, it definitely you can in, like there's good 
lit- like literature structure. You can break the story down. You can diagram the story. But like the central message of it is. If you're presented with a monkey paw, <laughs> don't make don't, wishes. Don't take that monkey paw. Yeah. Don't make wishes on magical monkey paws. And I was like, that's a really weird, that's a really th- weird thing. I mean, these kids are in middle school and middle school is a tough time. Mm-hmm. When I was in middle school, I had 99 problems, but this niche ain't one. <laughs> and that's my category. <laughs> nice, nice. I mean, really what they're saying is you're about to be teenagers. Be responsible with objects you find this is a story that they should read at like hogwarts <laughs> yeah like, not not symbolically of yeah, not, symbol- not symbolic of anything here it, either. It's, well, it's just... like it'll help teach them a little bit about literature because you know no wizards don't need to know math or literature apparently and then uh, but also teaches them a very good lesson about not uh wishing on cursed things True. i like big bad beetle wars yeah i agree with that <laughs> Yeah. Isn't a fascinating sidebar that we've we as a species have created this thing, this way of telling stories that is so complex that we need to teach people how to interpret them, and isn't that beautiful? At the same time, that like you can just make that your job. <laughs> you can be the professor of literature. Yeah. It's kind of rad. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it'd be even more beautiful if we paid those people. Well, that would be really the best of all possible. Be the wildest worlds. thing. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Our next story I read it is the Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, so quick summary. Your voice, your voice was floating away almost Ooh. like his head. <laughs> Did, uh, wasn't he, uh, didn't he have like a water, a little water brain? Is that why he had a big head? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Hydrocephalic. Yeah, he was a hydrocephalic, yeah. <laughs> uh, Carry on. He, so plot line of the story, if you have never read it or need a reminder. <laughs> How on earth? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's... Uh, First person narrative where a man or a person, we do not know their gender, specifically says uh, that he is not crazy, but he is a little nervous. Great start. <laughs> yep. But definitely not crazy at all. No. Nope. Not even a little bit. Nope. Um, and he lives with an old man who has a clouded, pale, blue, vulture-like eye. God damn it. And it distresses the narrator um, it so much. It me. Yeah. yeah. That the narrator decides that he has to kill the old man. That's where the narrator and I... Break. Even though I would be bothered by it, but I don't think I would commit murder. Frankly, yeah. again, as someone who's missing the top layer of his cornea, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm glad to know your stance on on <laughs> mild eye disfigurement. Really? Yeah. <laughs> eye distress is I've not. I've had many a friend that had a watery vulture eye. Even though they murdered even one of them. Even wow. though the narrator insists they love this old man, this is where you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, jeez, okay. If for six days in a row, Mary takes one full hour to poke her head into your bedroom and open up his, the lantern just a little bit so that they could see the pale eye but every but six of those days in a row that eye's not open so you can't do your work but on that seventh day you rush it a little bit too much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah you, you make a noise and you wake up the the old man and so you open the open the your lantern a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you yeah. could see that pale vulture eye yeah then you jump on him and put your mattress over him and suffocate him to death. So Thank sleep God mask. we sleep invented mask. television. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Like, this is what you did for entertainment in the past. Yep. You like peeked it on people while they slept like a big old creep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so after you, uh, after you're suffocated by a mattress. Um, Which, wow. Shit, wow. that's some strength. Yep. Go for a pillow, The old bro. man, vulture yeah. The old man, vulture yeah, yeah, Suffocated yeah, yeah. by a, uh, by a mattress um you could hear, hear his heart kind of start to stop kind of start to stop mm. you heard his heart stop 
like. Mm-hmm. It was thump thumping and no longer thump thumps because mm-hmm. he was did because he was did. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <laughs> because you murdered, yeah. Just so we're clear. Then the narrator uh, decides to cut this man up into three pieces, I believe, four pieces, mm. um, and uh, puts him under the floorboards. Nobody can see anything. People are going to be able to smell it, I was going to say, yikes. Yep. <sighs> and then... It was the past. Everything smelled bad. That's <laughs> very fine. true. Yeah. Um, and then there's a knock on the door. Uh, yes. Ooh. And it is three men who introduced themselves, and they are officers of the law. And they heard a shriek, because your landlord let out one shriek. And <laughs> this is one example where television has bit us in the butt. Yeah. The cops have so much time on their hands. They're like, hey, we uh, we were wandering around. We heard a shriek. You yeah. okay? Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, No, a neighbor heard it, went to the police station. And, and the police came? police came four hours later. Oh, well, no, that, that actually is. No, that's, that's, pretty, pretty, that's, that's, that's pretty spot that's on. That's pretty spot <laughs> on. Yeah, okay. So the uh, officers came over and... Uh, then you you think or say, I smiled for what had I had to fear? I bade the gentleman welcome. The shriek, I said, was from in my own dream. The old man I mentioned was absent in the country. I took my visitors all over the house. I bade them search, search well. I led them at length to his chamber. I showed them his treasures, secure and undisturbed. Look, I didn't even rob him. Why would I murder him? <laughs> I mean, I could. I could have. Uh, I could. And, yeah, you, vulture eye. Oh, old vulture eye. Look, he's loaded. I didn't take any of this. <laughs> Where is he, you say? In the country. Uh, in the enthusiasm of my confidence, I brought chairs into the room and desired them here to rest upon their fatigue. <laughs> These cops must have just been like, what the hell? Well, so so this, this guy definitely killed him, right? Because this is like, yeah. this is too, this is Over too weird. Well, Let I me get some tea. <laughs> it's four in the morning. Well, I okay. myself, yeah. in the wild audacity of my perfect triumph, placed my own seat upon the very spot which reposed <laughs> the corpse of the victim. Uh... <laughs> And then the narrator starts getting real nervous because he's he's a nervous human being mm-hmm. and he keeps hearing not uh, a crazy one though. not <laughs> a crazy not crazy at all mm-hmm. but a nervous but he kept growing paler and paler he says um, because he keeps hearing this thump thump he keeps hearing the heart over and over love dub love dub love dub love dub love dub louder and louder and louder and he keeps talking louder and louder and louder because they're just sitting having a nice little <laughs> chat over this body <laughs> and the police officers are not saying anything they just can't even hear it uh which is weird because i'm not crazy at all i don't know what you're talking about until finally the narrator shrieks villains dissemble no more i admit the deed tear up the planks here here it is the beating of his hideous heart i'm just glad to know that at the end of the story i feel totally confident that guy was not Crazy, not crazy, even a little bit. Or, or, or lady. See, it's not what clear. a cool yeah. guy. We yeah. don't. Yeah, we do not even know the what gender. A cool person. Yeah, very um, chill. It's super chill. Those cops must have just been like. I mean, you want to put a bow on it while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> what? Or like, oh, you were gonna make us cookies. You, you still want to do that before we take yeah, you away? Can you- are I don't mean still to, on the table? I mean, I wouldn't ask, but you've, we've just, you've made this so like, comfortable. The tea These is chairs. already mostly done. I mean, like, it, we thought this was suspicious, but we weren't going to say anything. All the vulture like, eyes is going anywhere, am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is the, that's the other story that still kind of got me. Like, it still is, like, creepy I mean, Edgar Allan Poe is He's a great a, writer. Yeah. 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 I, I think His the, stories are almost, like, subject-wise... 
so specific. Very yes. difficult to relate to. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there has never been a situation where I saw somebody's cloudy vulture eye and been like, gotta kill him. But like, but like, <laughs> definitely not crazy. Gotta put no. my mat- mattress right on over him. I do, I do love like, I think, you know, there's sort of two types of stories in this. <laughs> it's like, you know, because all of these have one little nugget that is like in all of our brains that we've taken away from it. And when you revisit the story, it's really satisfying to get one that's actually really well written and like, good. And as we'll, we'll talk about in a moment, sometimes they're just totally totally bonkers and this is one that like is actually like bonkers premise great story so yeah. uh, what's funny is as i was reading it like i kept thinking that thub dub was part of the story but it's not <laughs> oh weird it's all it's in all the interpretation which makes sense that we of course see yeah, it from yeah, yeah. the interpretations of well it. there wasn't a raven to say it so yeah, yeah so thub dub thub dub you're like never mind yeah, it's like, oh, the office, oh, the like, oh, that's not as hard. That's that fucking raven. <laughs> we were going to ask you about that, but like, I thought I thought it might have been one of the guy's treasures because he's They're got, like, you know. The guy's like, raven? Sure, it's not a vulture? Because hmm? it's a vulture, I, I can take care of that for you. No problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least the eye bit. Yeah, and I, there's so much discussion of like, so it's it's a prime example of an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, check. I don't know. So there's like a lot of talk about it, like, oh, is this person schizophrenic? You know, what is what is up with him? What's his deal? What is his deal? Like, and we know nothing about like the old man. We don't know, like, is that his old man? Is it his father? Is it, you know, so. Yeah. Hang on. It's, um, it's also like a, a piece that is, um, that like shows like a progression of emotions, I guess. Mm-hmm. Where you, you mean like the whole point is that like, like, um, like fear and anger leading to murder, which then leads to guilt. This is this is this is the guilt story, mm-hmm. which you know I suppose is helpful for children. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> it's also the tickler. <laughs> I mean, we could lie to them about Santa for all their lives, or <laughs> I mean, this is when they stop believing in Santa. So you got to be like, well, if you lie, here's now, the thing. Here's now your the thing: thing. Uh, heart is going to start beating, and we'll if all you know. Lie, hmm. Vulture, old vulture, I knows. <laughs> yeah, kid. Step one: don't be crazy. Step two: don't pull out chairs for cops. <laughs> don't that I mean the hubris of, of and if you are going to put out chairs for cops, not in the room you killed a man in. Yeah, have some decorum. Yeah. Like, no one wants to smell that. So much of it, there were. I thought it was so like. It's so weird to me that they were like, "Well, there wasn't even blood." See, I had a bowl. I'm like, I think there's a lot of blood in a body. I don't know if a bowl <laughs> could catch it. It's probably probably pretty dark. Yeah, yeah. That's also, also it was true. the past. There was blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Bad smells and blood Bad smells. all over the place. Bad smells and like and blood every everywhere. third person had a vulture eye. So, like, I mean, at this point, <laughs> yep. you know. Yep. Uh, All right, categories. You go first. Me first. Um, so I uh, stuck on the idea of that it is an unreliable narrator, and we also have a very big unreliable narrator in our lives right now. His name is Donald Trump. Hmm. So no. I called him a Trumpian narrator. <laughs> Trumpian narrator. <laughs> because 
who is a more unreliable? Yeah. I mean, like he's, he's the, very bad man. Very bad man. Yeah. Not an American. Who knows more about? I killed him. Than I, this I killed guy. I, nobody. I, I smothered him with a mattress. Very legal. Very cool. No, no. Yeah. Sarah Huckabee <laughs> Sanders comes out. And she's like, of course that man is not dead. He is visiting the country. And then there's a tweet. Oh no, I killed him. Put him on a mattress right on. I can hear his heart thundering away. Did, you hear it dubbing all over the place. Did you mean a pillow? No, a mattress. <laughs> I'm that strong. I can carry a whole mattress by myself. A tempurpedic. My hands are not small. I can lift a mattress. <laughs> I can kill. I've killed twelve men with mattresses before. And then what the story comes up. Like, oh no! Melania had to help him carry the mattress. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so I went with, because this is another, uh, instance of a magical body part, uh, being mean to somebody. Mm, that's not quite where it happened, but yeah, a magical <laughs> body part impacting someone's life. I went with flip them the dove. Flip the dove. Flip the dove. Um, <laughs> I feel like, right, so this is an unreliable narrator and also, um, illustrations of emotions in literature. So, and I focused on the latter as opposed to the former. So I called this murder on the Orient expression of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that one. Yeah. Is you. It's so great. Well done. Well done. Well done. All right. Our next story was also read by Andrew. A Sound of Thunder by Ray Bradbury. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, my. Okay. Let's, let's let's off the top. Let's get a few things out of the way. Ray, Ray, <laughs> Ray Bradbury. Great writer. Love his work. Um, I, I often look back fondly on this story, but now... Um, on this story? Yeah, but having not read it since I was 11, I was like, oh, this is a great story, right? Mm, yeah. This is... Well, it's another one of those, like, the butter... Like, don't step on a butterfly. Oh, yeah. I think this it's is, part of, like... Yeah, that, that, that image. Is, that is the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, the story is what would happen if someone in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, invented <laughs> time travel. That's what <laughs> That is absolutely what happens is what the story is. Tell us what the story is about. All right. So it's the year 2055. It's the day after an election. We are not that far in the future. I know. We're, this is going to be really hard for you guys to relate to, um, just you know, conceptually. But it's 2055. It's the far future. Um, the day after a presidential election in which a non-fascist president beat a fascist presidential candidate. What were Weird. their names? Um, Do you remember? Hold on, sorry. The non-fascist one. This is the only one I care about. All they refer to him in is, is President Keith. Oh yeah, Pres- President Keith. That's all they refer to him. President, President Keith. Keith. First, first last Man name. of the people, President Keith. <laughs> first wasn't Keith. Keith. Duh. President Bob. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so President like, Keith. That's I don't the remember cat, the, the future's way casual. It's just way super. Ca- but the other guy's name wasn't Deutscher. Yeah, which is a bit on the nose. Oh, yeah. in the so time Keith the story has to be his was written. Last name. Yeah, or so Deut- or Deutscher. It could be his first. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, I do. I, I do. just like to do President Keith. President Keith. He was like trying to think of like a kind of spacey sounding name. So he's like Deutscher. Okay, that's like sure. a Nazi's name, that, right? That sounds evil. What's a nice name? Keith. Keith. <laughs> done, done. Done. But it, it's his name. His name is actually. Comet Keith <laughs> of the of the year 25, 2055. Uh, don't I wish um, Ralph Keith. So, so this is this is the day after the election of President Keith. Uh, things are looking okay. Things have not fallen to fascism overnight with the, the election of President Deutscher. And to celebrate, our man Mr. Eccles um, is going on a time safari now. What's a time safari? <laughs> well, let me read you the 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 corporate lo- slogan for the company, Time Safari. Oof. 
Time Safari Incorporated. Safari has seen a year in the past. You name the animal, we take you there, you shoot it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. There must have been a lot of trees falling on all kinds of animals. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's that's sort of the opening bit. We find out first and foremost that this, the, the election uh, was won by President Keith. Um, Thank goodness. Eccles is a time safari, and then we go to a sort of extended description of the logistics of time safari, which basically are that we will Ray take Bradbury that. liked to do that. Oh, kind he of really yeah. liked to get into the. He deep. liked to skate right on the edge. <laughs> there, there was not. There was. This isn't a high level overview. Um, so basically, you know, the idea here is that you go back to any point in time, as the slogan says, pick an animal, they'll shoot the animal. Done. Um, so Eccles and a couple other gentlemen, uh, including two guys, uh, get into the time whoa, whoa, device. Whoa. You need to tell people exactly how much they paid to go on this adventure. Oh, ten thousand dollars. Sure. And yeah. and um, but also like. <laughs> Not to get too bogged down in details, think about inflation. Ten thousand dollars is gonna be like nothing in twenty fifty five. Be like like a hundred bucks. People right? pay ten thousand dollars to go shoot a poor lion right People now. People pay like a million dollars to spend like a couple minutes in a space capsule. That's yeah. like well, like, they will eventually at some point, right? Um, but yeah, and then and if you if you violate any sort of of the uh, procedures, I believe it's a hundred thousand dollars, possibly a million dollars. I think it's hundred thousand dollars fine. Yeah, it's a lot of like, money. Yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's a lot of money if it's 1955, but 1953, but in 2055, you do imagine. Anyway, yes. Uh, Brad reads into details. Not all of them economically. <laughs> not not inflation. Yes. Um, so it's the future. Uh, they paid two thousand dollars to do this. It's uh, I I recalling it as a celebration of the election of President Keith. I hope, um. or it might just be like. The happenstance, regardless. So Eccles is on this. He's paid his $10,000. He wants to go back and shoot a Tyrannosaurus Rex. He's shot game all over the world. Lions and various tigers other... Tigers and, and bears. bears. I tried to oh resist my. doing that, but then I just couldn't. I, I could feel... I, it's like I it could feel it come out happen. like a sneeze. It just like has to come out. Um, so now he's decided to celebrate uh, by by nabbing the biggest game of all time. So some of the rules for Time Safari. There is a path laid out before you. Don't go off of the path. That's it. Uh-huh. That's that's main rule. Uh, you are to shoot. Do not shoot something unless the guy tells you to shoot it. Here are the reasons why. But those are the rules. If you happen to step off the path and let's say you kill a mouse, just like a little mouse, Eccles' reaction to that is like, "Oh, who cares about a mouse? <laughs> I've killed lions. I've killed lions. Kill, I'm, I'm, I'll kill any. I'll kill you right now. I'll kill anything." Eccles is crazy now. Uh, Eccles is like, <laughs> "Oh, why, why kill a mouse?" And then one of the guys explains to him that if you kill this mouse, you, you kill all of that mouse's uh, progeny, which could be millions of mice, which could have fed millions of foxes, which could have fed millions of lions, which could have had billions of people. I don't know. Like, is yeah, there is any a, way that Ashton Kudger could explain this to me? I don't, I don't I wish. Um, <laughs> um, sorry, I was thinging about the movie The Butterfly Effect. And, oof, cringing. <laughs> cringing pretty firmly. Anyway, so, um, so the, the basic conceit is that you know, this is this is 65 million years ago. If you kill one thing, you kill off its progeny and there's a domino effect that could result in things like the we wouldn't have America. Mm-hmm. One of the points that gets made. But <laughs> Andrew, aren't they about to shoot a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Oh, I'll get into that, Kelly. Uh. Before, before we go on, though, we have to mind. One of the points is that maybe, maybe Asia becomes the most prominent power in the world, not oh, America. I've very yeah, much. A lot of, a lot of. I saw that and was just like, I'm going to skim over this. Very specific points about yeah. America and Europe. Whatever. Um, 50s. 50s. Ugh, yeah. So anyway, um, why shoot just a specific dinosaur? Well, to ensure that the the flow of time is not disrupted, the guides had gone back, previously found a dinosaur who was about to die via natural causes. Uh, let's say, for example, having a branch fall on him. Uh, and 
you need to shoot that dinosaur at the exact moment before it dies of its intended natural causes to not screw up the world because that way it won't have any progeny and you can't you know et cetera et cetera, et cetera. really the point here is that the rules here make this sound like the least fun thing in the world <laughs> yeah like i don't hunt i'm you not into not it to pick what you wanted to shoot really what this is is spending ten thousand bucks to well, go back in time did at some point they just have like an exhaustive list yeah oh yeah yeah you like if you like he picked tyrannosaurus rex the guy went back found a t-rex that was going to get killed by a branch would you read the description of the t-rex doesn't seem likely. That Why? thing is a that thing is t- doing nothing but tearing down trees. That's like its main deal. Why don't they go back and just kill the same animal over and over again? Good question. Funny Sorry. story. Funny sidebar. Aren't There's they? a really bad. No, that's you're you're thinking what I thought originally was the really bad movie version of this. You and I saw one time in which they literally do that. They go back and kill the same one over and over again. Yep. Which makes a lot more sense. It seems less risky. But basically, what what's happened here? Just just to take a step back and explain it in broader context, is this man's paid. Uh, what in 2055 is probably an inconsequential amount of money to go back in time uh, to shoot a dinosaur that was picked out for him on a path that he can't leave. Or if he does, he'll destroy the ascendancy of the American uh, <laughs> people or something else crazy. Yeah. Um, so they go back in time to the dinosaur. Uh, Eccles, when confronted with the Tyrannosaurus Rex, panics. Because, of course, it's a gigantic monster. It's scary. With, they do go into a great deal of depth describing its tiny arms, but also those arms had the ability to rip men in half, which I'm like, cute. That's 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 a sweet sense I understand this totally because I have been to the Milwaukee Public Museum as a child, which oh, yeah, either yeah. of you have been to, and that Tyrannosaurus Rex scared the ever-living shit oh, it's out creepy. of me. It's very creepy. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like Sackle sees this and he freaks out, and the guy's like, look, just go back to the pod. We'll discount you half of your money. Right, which is <laughs> which is like such a hilarious, what? such yeah. a great detail. It's fine. Yeah, we'll give you a discount. Go back to the pod. The rest of us are going to shoot this thing. So let's them shoot this thing, and like they barely kill it, and then it goes to just see describing how like the non, like the two other hunters vomited, which is a fun note that doesn't get expanded expanded upon. But they're wearing like helmets. They're breathing they oxygen into, their, into their little time machine spacesuits, which are now full of vomit. <laughs> Yep. Well, um, can't get vomit out in the. Oh, also, there's there can't blo- be a Big yeah. Mac hanging out at the. God, no, no, exactly. There's also T Rex blood all over them. Apparently, they go to the detail of uh, hitting a sack of something and causing fluid to spurt out. It's the, it was it, very it's pretty, graphic. It's pretty yeah. grisly, yeah. Um, but Eccles, uh, he's he's at the pod. Oh man, it, it gets into some weird details. Namely, like um, the guy, one of the guys, just pissed him for running off and was like, "You need to go pull the bullets out of this Tyrannosaurus Rex." Uh, okay feels a bit weird i'm already getting a discount is this a part of my discount i get to pull bullets out of a dinosaur um <laughs> do i have to pay extra to dig a bullet out of a dinosaur yeah is this gonna is this like is this gonna pack my discount <laughs> anyway. well, well we didn't talk about you, uh the other hunters were offered like you can't take this t-rex back oh, obviously yeah, yeah, but yeah. you could take a picture in front of it and, and they, they were, were both like, like no. <laughs> Covered in their own vomit, T-Rex blood. They're, they're like, I'm not feeling very cute right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, it's 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 interesting. And then uh, the guy threatens to kill Eccles if he, in his panic to get back to the pod, happened to mess anything up. Eccles is like... It's kind of too late, bro. Yeah. Exactly. Well, also, alternately, they have a time machine. Just go back. So, like... Is it too late? It's is not it too, ever too late? It's, it's, it's not never too late. late. It's not yeah, too late. Yeah, that's a detail gets skipped out on. Um, they could just go back and like stay in the pod. Yeah. So so we've... They should have done that for safety reasons, exactly, but carry on. Exactly. So that we set up this expectation that, um, that like, 
clearly Eccles has done something. What's going to happen when the we get back? The customer service of this place it's is pretty not great. They spent, they spent a lot of time telling them that they definitely might die. If they, like, well, that's, that's fine. It just seems yeah. like a lot of yelling. I mean, I, lot, I think it should be like a white glove service. They should send somebody in there to dig out the bullets. Oh, yeah. It's that pretty is, crazy. Yeah. But then we get back. like a pretty shot experience with t- for 10 grand. I mean, again, that's like 200 bucks. So I would love whatever. to read the Yelp reviews for this, <laughs> for this project. <laughs> the water spurted into my ear and I got an ear infection. <laughs> that's a review yes. from something at Gatlinburg. <laughs> yes. For that weird dinosaur ride with the water that smells terrible and it shot in someone's ear and it gave them an ear infection. Yeah. And there are fake people outside of it to make it look like there's a long line all the time. <laughs> yep. Nice. Um, so, so they go back into the pod. Uh, they go in the future. The sort of expectations that something's gone awry. They step out. Eccles is like, everything's the same, but it's a little bit different, isn't it? It's a little different. I can't put my finger on it. Then he looks at the sign that uh, says says the same thing. Times Fire Incorporated. It's Fire in a year in the past, et cetera, et cetera. But it's all spelled weird. Times T-Y-M-E. Times Fire is in the past. It's like it's just, you know, clearly somebody just got a little wacky with the spell track and decided to go crazy on this sign. Um, this would be a fun time travel prank. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was, I mean, literally, I'd be like, oh, 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 no, what did you do? I'd actually not, I actually wouldn't put it past this whole thing being a time travel prank. Because the, what, what, you know, okay, so what happened is that he did something on a butterfly. The future has clearly been changed. What is the most important thing that's been changed? Uh, that's the Deutscher won, won the election. Oh, President Keith. Keith President Keith. Keith. So, so He's really. He's already now. <laughs> So what we take away here is that maybe Deutscher's fine though because everything was different. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, spelling's gone all sh- all to shit, but like maybe Deutscher's okay. <laughs> but no, like um, yeah, Deutscher's the president's spelling is weird, and in reaction to this, the guide shoots Eccles. And it's the sound of thunder. It's the sound of thunder. By the way, the sound of thunder is the first the sound of the Tyrannosaurus Rex going through the jungle. yeah. Then it's the sound of the gun killing Eccles. Which is Ta-da. why? Do you think why he shot they... him with a Tyrannosaurus Rex? Why did they kill him? <laughs> uh, whatever. Because well, he was pissed. Because again, customer service. Customer, customer service was lacking. We just so got bad. back from our time travel. I was covered in vomit. We have a fascist in control of the government, and then they killed the I guy. Want, I want a bunch of artifacts to like to, to communicate with this. I want a TripAdvisor, a Yelp review for Time <laughs> Travel uh, Adventure Incorporated. I want an HR like all like an HR uh, APB mm-hmm. going out to everyone being like hey hey could we not yeah really so again like Ray Bradbury why didn't they just hop right back into that time machine and maybe they will but he's like not with that guy yeah but he's, if they're going back in time, he's going to be alive. That, maybe that's why. He just killed him out of anger and was like, eh, we can fix this in like 10 minutes. Yeah, time travel really makes you jaded about everything. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's talk about the story. So I think, like, again, if you take away all the insanity in the story. the <laughs> Pretty actual, hard. This, yeah. The central, there's a reason, the reason this sticks with us is the central idea is that, like, small decisions can have large consequences, right? Like, that's ultimately, like, the, the thematic takeaway is that this man steps on a butterfly. Um, Which, also, there's the idea of, like, maybe not. Man, maybe not the best kind of thing. You know, like maybe you should have great respect for nature and the, the idea of the transfer strikes something he's going to hunt. But like, he's clearly a majestic nightmare beast that's better and bigger than him. Um, and his own fear in the face of it is what causes the downfall of things. So again, like there's 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 thematically this is a very interesting story. Again, especially when you juxtapose like the the fascist elements. Again, like he sees the thing that's terrifying. He doesn't fight it, and fascism happens. At the time the story is written. 
I suspect the hunting angle probably rang truer for people. Um, because everybody would hunt? Well, because I think, hunters? like, there's probably a, a... Like, I don't expect modern-day billionaires to go hunting. I know that many of them do. Yeah, the guy, the Jimmy John's dude is. Yeah, but that's like, but like that's an that that feels weird. Hi, hello. I'd like to immediately come in with my category: Trumpian narrator, because it is exactly what Don Jr. and Eric would do. Thank you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) which part? Vomiting in the helmet, stepping on a butterfly. (laughs) All of it. it. (laughs) That is why Donald Trump is president. Is because Don Jr. and Eric Trump went back into in time, got to a Gatlinburg time machine, got to a Gatlinburg time time machine, went back in time, shot a. Tyrannosaurus Rex and made their father Count, president. Counterpoint, it Did, wasn't they didn't go back in time to shoot T-Rex, they went back in time to step on a butterfly. Yeah. Consciously, that was their decision. They, were, we they were, went over and they were just stomping on random animals. <laughs> maybe, we maybe? Should, maybe we should go back to 2016 and kick a couple of bunnies or something. <laughs> See what happens. We could just pet them. Guys, go back to 2016, huh. find all the monkey's paws. <laughs> Use them appropriately for once. Go to 2016, find a monkey, kill the monkey, or just take off its little paw. <laughs> like, you you could probably still have find a, a live monkey. Yeah, yeah, prosthetic yeah, yeah. paw. Or, like, just set him up for life, where he doesn't need to look for food anymore. He just gets yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. But you have his paw, which but gives you three wishes. Just don't give him a minder who will be upset by his little monkey stump. <laughs> and then smother him with a mattress. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> and then we wake up the president, John Hickenlooper. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what? What? Like, what? A real low stakes twist on this. You're like, oh, so it's not fascism anymore, it's but it's just, just no one, no yeah. one wanted this. Well, this is the lamest timeline, I guess. <laughs> um, great category. So my, so my category for this. Sorry, we can still talk about no, no, it, but no. I needed to immediately zoom in. That's fair. That's fair. That's that's a solid. That's a solid Important interruption. Important. Um, because I think like this is a this is a t- this is clearly a story meant to impart a certain moral, but like the all of the elements used to impart the moral are just like insane. Like this time travel, we have time travel. What do we use it for? To hunt dinosaurs, not for like science or something like that or fixing the past no god no this is about killing t-rexes um it's it's all over the top so this is not a not just a morality tale this is a morality tall tale what is this story about (laughs) what are we to learn you see so in 2055 there's a fascist presidential candidate (laughs) like like what what is the story about? Like, is yeah. it is it about? Legitimately, I'm baffled by this. <laughs> this is this is. I have an English degree, and I'm baffled yeah. No, by I, this. I find this fascinating because, like, clearly, like certain pieces of literature get sort of like held in certain levels of esteem, and we don't necessarily say, "Hey, maybe we should rethink this." Because this is this is a this is a truly but bizarre story. Didn't it, like coin a free like butterfly effect came I, from I, this, no, this, right? this. I believe this is actually. I believe they're separate. I, I meant to oh, look really? that up, but I forgot to. Because butterfly effect comes from chaos theory, where a butterfly oh, flaps true. its wings in the Pacific, and then that wind pattern generates. It probably, it, that, it's probably related. Yeah, I, I suspect. That, probably yeah, he yeah. wrote it after reading about the butterfly effect. Yeah, and then like, he popularized it. Let's say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think a lot of people know about it based on stories. If nothing else, like that they were forced we to have read in, in our, in our culture read, yes. combined the two things in some meaningful way so we carry it forward and it yeah. has meaning. Yeah. I will tell you the story was so wild that I, I vividly remember coming to school the day after I read it at night and like getting off the bus going upstairs. Which was quick work because yes. you were at the very front of the bus. Yes. <laughs> right behind the driver. Went to the gap <laughs> 
I always forget I told you that story. Uh, went to the cafeteria to get my breakfast, to get my chocolate milk in the morning. Yummy. And uh, like sitting down, and I can almost remember the place I sat in the cafeteria and being like to my friends, what the fuck? <laughs> and they were like, Kelly, we already talked about this in the bad kid, bad kids back of the bus conversation. <laughs> I mean, like, like resolutely sitting at the front, <laughs> like holding all your opinions. <laughs> like, hey, driver, you have a red sound of thunder. I'm trying to drive the bus. <laughs> Don't talk to the driver. Oh my god. Don't distract the driver with stories oh. about dinosaurs and butterflies. But seriously, what is the story? What is the story like so i of course called it i've got 99 problems but this niche ain't one like what (laughs) i don't understand what this is supposed to say who is this for children yep who decided that i mean this is a story that like seems like it would have been written published in like amazing stories and then like largely kind of overlooked maybe like put in compilations yeah but it's become this huge thing because it's taught to kids and i don't know why it's taught to kids i mean i mean like what's the what's the i mean like uh. Because it's kind of weird, I think, is the real thing. Like, do you remember yeah. what what I like? I didn't remember reading this in school. I've read it. Yeah, but I, I believe I was in the sixth grade when I read this. I was in eighth or ninth grade. What did they use this to demonstrate in your? I don't recall. Class? Like I said, I can remember like the cafeteria I was in. You remember the buzz <laughs> in the calf? I remember a meet like literally dropping things and being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> what and somebody being think? like, "I didn't read the story. What was it about?" And I told her the story, and she was like very funny and I was like no 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 <laughs> that is the story very funny like nope I promise you they are going to shoot a Tyrannosaurus Rex and it's too scary to shoot yep it would be so scary although actually they think the Tyrannosaurus Rexes are not was, was a bit of a dork Dorkosaurus they Rex they also think that they right? might be wings now instead of little claws really being a paleontologist must be kind of fun <laughs> Let's just think Let's about it. Let's just guess. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like, if you look at them and they're like this, like, what if they were just, like, rotated so they were wings? Sorry. I, I rotated suppose. into my mic. What I yeah. heard was that they think that Tyrannosaurus rexes actually, their heads <laughs> and their tails are completely, like, on the same level. For horizontal balance, right? line. Yeah. yeah. So that their faces are basically, like, on the ground and they, were, they ate carrion. Yeah, they were scavengers, yeah. And that the little arms were there just, like, if they, like, pick something up to, like... Just to just to go back a second to Kelly's point, wings, <laughs> wings. We should go to Chicago and go see Sue. Do they think? Do they think that the Tyrannosaurus Rex? <laughs> That's because it's such a. I mean, like we've established this joke in the in the world that like T Rex's arms are funny because it's so ferocious, but it has these tiny little hands. But if they're wings, that so much funnier. Someone, do they, they not work? Like, like they did not grow. Like the T Rex could not fly. I do not believe. wings. Like what if T Rexes could fly? That would be so scary. And also could fly on little teeny tiny dainty butterfly wings, like little little cherub wings. <laughs> Just <laughs> and they can only get like three feet off the ground. Oh they can do sort of a. They're like chickens. They can do a bit of a jump, but they can't actually fly. It, like that's what it is. I think. <laughs> also covered in feathers, as we now know, which is a hilarious. Paleontologists are just like everything. I is don't a know, bird. man. Because like, because I mean, one of the central challenges of paleontology was to be like, what is dinosaur skin like? Because no one fucking knows. Well, if you look at a chicken, they're fucking weird. Yeah, they look oh, like yeah. little dinosaurs. <laughs> Like, have you ever seen an emu cl- close-up? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did I ever tell you the story about an emu? Uh, 
I was in <laughs> I was in uh, Missouri and we went to the Kansas City Zoo with Ginny and her daughter and husband and we were like just like generally looking at this email <laughs> sure and all of a sudden the zookeeper kind of comes up and goes Nigel don't start with me <laughs> and we were like <laughs> like this was one of the times when I was like well I need to make small talk with this man and I was like so uh, Nigel and he's like yeah this is Nigel he doesn't like me very much um, it's not really their their mouths that you have to watch they'll peck at you but they also kick you they kick you real hard one time he kicked me I had to get 25 stitches <laughs> oh my god and, and so he was like doing like lawn work while he was telling us and like also keeping an eye on Nigel and be like, Nigel, Nigel, hey, Nigel, don't nope. start this, Nigel. Oh, no. And then he Not was today, like, Nigel. And so we were like, you know, the baby Nigel's was like four, four at that time. And so she was like, like needed a little bit more explanation. So we were like, well, you know, his mouth doesn't hurt as much as his feet does. And this guy was like, oh, I'll show you. And he like was like, Nigel like stuck a hand out and let Nigel bite him in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> and he taunted Nigel. Yeah, he taunted Nigel for our amusement. Man, being a zookeeper or a zookeeper <laughs> Jason must be like it must be really fun to have relationships with all those animals like Nigel. that. Which is just really weird. They'll weird. be like they'll, they'll be like, this is Bruce the beluga. He's a he's a real dick. He's a real piece of shit. <laughs> he's the fucking worst. I can't wait till he dies. <laughs> This is Terry the Leopard. He was pretty cool till his wife left him, but like he didn't really, he didn't make it easy on her. Like I don't don't blame her. I mean, Terry, Terry. I mean, don't tell Terry because he's always sensitive. He's kind of an asshole. Really selfish. Like (laughs) Terry the selfish. Terry the selfish divorce divorce the leopard. <laughs> Actually, not divorced. They're just estranged. Just, she, yeah, she, she won't file the paperwork. It's, it's like I, I, I'm totally on her side, but like they're not filing the paperwork just seems really cruel. Like, yeah, just let, let him go. Let Wednesdays. him go. Like, why are you this stringing is, him along? This is Janine the Snow Leopard. Like, she means well and her heart's in the right place. But, like, but she's she's get, don't get stuck talking to her at happy hour. She's oh, yeah. Like, no, no. All she'll tell you about is her weird new diet. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdly enough, not Atkins, which is what I would have assumed. Everyone guesses Atkins, but no, it's really plant-based, which is not healthy for a leopard. That's Cory the Gator. Don't even begin. He will tell you about how much he wants to be into a bag. It's so fucking weird. Like, don't even try. Don't even try. He's so angry about being in the zoo. Cory the Bag Gator. Anyway. Uh, what were our categories again? <laughs> this is <laughs> this is Arthur the King Cobra. Pretty sure Arthur comes from money because he like goes on multiple international trips a year. <laughs> and he, and he he's a social worker. So how does that happen? Like. And, and, and the king, just a title, not like an actual king. No. So we're clear. It's super <laughs> weird. Harry the Penguin. He likes going to visit the elementary schools too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not like in a, like a creep, just like in a way that like, dude. It's like, just not normal. Uh, yeah, he never really got out of his own childhood. It's it's. Uh. He just wants to go play on the playground. <laughs> <laughs> this... <laughs> This is Cheryl the Poison Dart Frog. <laughs> She's so thirsty. She loves she loves when kids tap on the glass. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, what do we do? 
doing? <laughs> I don't even know. All right. We got to pick category. Right. Got to pick category. <laughs> I want to stump for mine. What for was yours very again? Reason. 99 problems with the snitch hate Okay, one. you can have it. Because, like, <laughs> what is the story and who is the story for? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Ooh, Lord. All right. Well, we'll take a deep we're breath. Staying, <coughs> we're staying at the zoo because the next one's me, and it's The Lady or the Tiger by Frank Stockton. Stockton? Stockton. <sighs> Frank Stockton. Frank Stockholm. I did not look up a thing about him, it occurs to me, because I had, frankly, my hands full. <laughs> you sure did. I will look right now while you give us a, okay. some story. <sighs> so, this story takes place in a kingdom that holds public trials where the guilt or the innocent, or guilt and, or innocence is decided by the result of chance. A person accused of a crime is brought to a public arena and must choose between two doors. Behind one door is a lady who the king... The only people who commit crimes, apparently, are heterosexual men in this kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or a homosexual woman. You don't know. They, 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 the ladies are the only prize. Though. That's true. Could be, it could be homosexual women as well. Yeah. Behind... Oh, it could be bi people. They, ma- they make a point of saying that, like, the king has but some progressive policies, door... but, like, also pretty fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, pretty weird approach. So, behind one door is a lady who the king has king has de- deemed an appropriate match for the accused and behind the other is a fierce and hungry tiger this is what the book has to say <laughs> shit there's a sequel About- <laughs> here's what so sorry here's what the uh, here's what the book says this is like uh, the institution was a very popular one. When the people gathered together on a great trial days, they never knew whether they were about to witness a bloody slaughter or a hilarious wedding. <laughs> <laughs> this element of uncertainty led to led an interest to the occasion which could not otherwise have been attained. Thus, the masses were entertained and pleased, and thinking part of the community could bring no charge of unfairness against this plan, for did not the accused person have the whole matter in his hands? No homosexual women. <laughs> um, so in this kingdom, the princess is in love with a babely but sadly lower status mm. young man. And so her real dick of a father decides to throw that youth into prison um, so that he will then have to face the doors. And he doubles the king doubles down on being a dick by making sure that the lady selected to be behind the lady door is a woman that the princess is very jealous of and hates. Hmm. So, the young man is brought to the amphitheater. He looks to the princess for help because he she has she has peeked and she knows what's behind each door. And she subtly motions to the right, and the young man opens the right-hand door with no hesitation and now this point of the story. Now, the point of the story is this. Did a tiger come out of the door? Or did the lady? <laughs> or more? The more we reflect on the question, the harder it is to answer. It involves a study of the human heart, which leads us through a devious maze of passion, out of which it is difficult to find our way. Think of it, fair reader, not as if a decision of not if the decision on the question depends upon yourself, but upon that of a hot-blooded, semi-barbaric princess, her soul <laughs> at a white heat beneath the combined fires of despair and jealousy. She has lost him, but who shall have him? So like the tiger, right? Definitely yep. the tiger. Absolutely. So they don't tell you. The outcome of this choice is not revealed. Instead, the narrator describes how the princess has to wrestle with this dilemma of losing her lover to either death or marriage. Um 
and points out that while the lady see makes like the lady is the obvious choice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that will anguish the princess so much more than the tiger. And then that ends on this note. The question of rescission is not one to be lightly considered and is not for me to presume to set myself up as one person as the one person able to answer it. So I leave it all to you, which came out of the open door, the lady or the tiger. <laughs> then twi- I, <laughs> I want to start sending this <clears throat> this story to men who want to go on dates with me. And be, and be like, what do you think? Be like, Tulo lo- tells you a lot about a character. It'll be like uh, two locations. You're like, one of them <laughs> is a local trendy beer beer establishment, Hacienda. The other is the Milwaukee County Zoo. Lady of the Tiger. I'll be at one of them. I'll be at one of them. <laughs> Lady of the Tiger. <laughs> that is a harsh idea for a date. <laughs> Well, you're like, like, come find me. I'm either in a 500-acre area or sitting <laughs> on my ass drinking a beer. Which will I be? I'm hanging with Cheryl. She needs it. I'm on the, I'm on the train drinking a beer. Cheryl, dark frog. Yeah. Yeah. The thirst trap poison She needs frog. my attention more she than needs- you right now. Okay? We go way back. I do like the idea of you just, like, letting tigers loose into a bar and, like, someone being like, um, and you're being like, it's, it's a lady or the tiger It's thing. cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Oh, oh, this is a blind date? Oh, gotcha, uh, yeah. gotcha, 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 gotcha. You have some morality. This story is bananas. I love that, it like, wild. I love that, like, the sound of thunder was so bonkers. Then there's this. <laughs> I love how much they talk about how barbaric these people are. Uh, I feel like, so, question, if you're married, can you not commit a crime? <laughs> Another great question. It's a great question. Another great question. You have to be young. Yeah. Young man. This Mm -hmm. story was recommended. So, like, I was... I knew what stories I wanted, but I didn't remember their, their like, names. So I was cruising around some middle school curriculum, (laughs) English curriculum sites. And they're like, this is a great story um, for (laughs) if you're mad at your kids this week. (laughs) 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 And I thought that was so funny. This is actually the one story that I did not read when I was a child. Mm. But... uh, but that I do, I like remember people talking about it. This, I feel like this does present a sort of, this addresses a very particular, important literary niche, uh, education wise, which is that once you're out of elementary school, the world is more complicated and sometimes there is no clear answer and it's frustrating and it feels like a waste of time, but you have to deal with it because what the shit? I mean, this, this whole story, like the, the moral is, the moral is actually don't trust kings. I think, because really, no, really. it's don't trust your father. Just we should be teaching <laughs> some teenage girls. I, I mean, I think it's sort of like at some point in your life, someone's life will hang in the balance of your decision. Depends on how angry you want to be. How, the question, the point of the story is. You wrathful, bro? <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely like a personality test more so than a story or alternately something that you like that would be mentioned offhand in like uh, the show Westworld as like an inspiration for like how how robots work. <laughs> like, yep. It's like that kind of yep. level of yep. niche where you're like, oh, OK, hmm. interesting. Uh, yeah. There's nothing exciting about this man. Just by the way, he's an American <laughs> writer and humorist. Best known today for a series of innovative children's fairy tales. What happens in the sequel to Lady and the Tiger? Uh, let's see. Lady or the Tiger. He also wrote the sequel. Lady and the Tiger 2. Lady and the Tiger <laughs> 2. No, what is it called? Um, The Lady or the Tiger or Holding a Jellyfish in Your Hands for Five <laughs> Seconds. It's called The Discourager of Hesitancy. 
Wow, I can see why maybe that one didn't pick up as much as the yeah. lady or the tiger. It does yeah. not have a Wikipedia link, which does not mm. sound great. Let's also, let's, see. let's also not forget the sort of edgy 90s remake Lady Plus Tiger. Oh, was, Lady Tiger. <laughs> lady Tiger. <laughs> oh, the the science, the sci-fi channel, late night, ill-conceived action, 30-minute action uh, series, Lady Tiger. Lady Tiger. Well, my friends, uh, the famous story of the princess who must choose the fate of her lover, the lady or the tiger, is presented with its sequel about a prince who must choose the wife he has married while blindfolded from a line of 40 women. Uh, Excellent. Okay. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mary is making boob grabbing motions if you don't like to yeah. just any really grabbing motion yeah, yeah. yo your wife these yo taddy tattle tattles find my wife's taddy <laughs> oh I'm sorry for all the visual jokes but they are great yeah, they, Mary's yeah, really crushing out. it with a lot of hand gestures that are quite lewd but also quite hilarious alright so <laughs> whereas if it was a woman it'd be like <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> now cough <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, what else is there to say? Probably, about this? <laughs> um, oh. So back to the lady of the tiger. Um, <laughs> I called this uh, murderer on the Orient expression of emotion. Yes, <laughs> I called it big bad beetle. Ooh, I went with morality tall tales because wow, what the shit! I kind of think Mary is sweeping this one. Yeah, I think I would take it. Oh, big All right. Borks, great reference. Bad Beetleborgs. Uh, so our last story is a story that I read when I was in middle school, high school, uh, by a student teacher or student teacher assigned it who was like, I am not going to assign just all the regular old stories. I'm going to blow up how you learn, kids. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to really revolutionize shit. Um, so this is a story called Lamb to Slaughter by Roland Dahl. Roll. Roll, 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 just sort of like, just like let your jaw go slack and just roll, right? Rolled, rolled. There's no n. Rolled, rolled. Doll. That can. That is very true. Actually, I just know doll. Rolled. He's a rolled doll. By that guy who wrote Matilda. By that guy who was like, I don't think children should have fun while reading literature. I think they should be scared. <laughs> Legitimately. Yeah. Literally all of his short stories are genuinely terrifying. I highly recommend all of them. They're mm-hmm. really great. Also, his uh, autobiography. I really like him, um, mm-hmm. if you guys were wondering. So uh, the basics of the story is that a housewife named Mary Maloney is uh, making home for her husband and is six months pregnant with her first child. She's a builder? <laughs> sorry. building a house while she's six months pregnant? That's awesome. Uh, she, who is waiting for her husband, to, who is a police detective, to come home. And her husband gets home and she makes both of them a drink because, you know, oh, yeah. 50s. Um, <laughs> it didn't baby, say whether or not hers was a nice tall glass of milk. The baby no, needs No, she specifically too, yeah. says she makes herself a, a whiskey soda, but her his is heavier and hers is lighter. Oh, well, you know, for the baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but her husband is kind of aloof. And um, starts, like, drinking a little bit more than usual. And basically, they don't say it, but it's inferred that he is leaving her. 
and that he'll make sure that she's well looked after. Um, so it was a day where they were supposed to go out for dinner, so she hadn't prepared dinner yet. Uh, so she goes down to the... What a rude day to pick to do that. I know, Jesus, right? Like, legitimately, what the fuck? So she kind of, like, <sighs> is in a little, like, stress trance and wanders down to the deep freeze in their basement and pulls out a big leg of lamb and comes back upstairs and her husband yells, like, stop it, don't make me dinner, I'm going out. And she, and he's, like, looking out a window and Maybe she just... she needs to feed herself jerk and her baby <laughs> your uh, baby too jerk jerk although on the other hand like <clears throat> that's good that he wasn't like i'm leaving you make me do make me dip. true true <laughs> to like half a point in his favor yeah so without really thinking she just raises this frozen leg of lamb up and hits him on the back of the head and kills him instantly and she uh had a pregnant rage strength just yeah gonna tear it shit up ah, frozen like lamb pretty pretty heavy yeah. but pretty heavy So she immediately goes into like, shit, what do I do now? Now she has a baby. Like, what happens with a baby? Like, when you're pregnant and you're accused of murder, because they really like to kill people in England in this time, if you guys didn't Mm. know. Um, So she decides she owes it to the kid to, uh, that she has to try to escape. Baller move. Yep. So she turns up the, the heater, the oven up to high and throws that leg of lamb right on in there. And Come on. I bet she put some mint jelly around it. I was like, it feels she like did. that's not how you cook it, but I'm not going to be judging. Yeah. And then she <laughs> like goes over to a mirror and like fixes her face and practices having some small talk with a, with a grocer and then walks out to the grocer and has a nice little chat with him like, hey, uh, you know, Patrick's really tired today. Um, so I'm just going to make him dinner and I don't have any vegetables in the house. Can I have some peas and two potatoes? He's like, well, what about dessert? She's like, I don't know. What do you think? He's like, cheesecake. She's like, done. So she goes home with all that shit. Do you think that she's supposed to make a cheesecake or does she get cheesecake? I think she buys a cheesecake. Nice. Um, Looking out for a grocer. Nice. Grocer. And so she gets back home and... Gets, oh, gets ready husband. to mush those peas right on right up in there <laughs> and calls the police the police arrive they're all friends of her husband she knows all of them they continually question Mary uh, she's kind of above suspicion and they just conclude that an intruder came in and definitely beat him over the he- head with something heavy and metal mm-hmm. um, and they make a bunch of searches around their house and then outside of their house and Mary is just like oh you know, you guys would, it would be so helpful. I can't eat even a morsel of this. Will you eat this lamb? You've been working through the dinner hour, please. And then they eat all the lamb. And then uh, during the meal, how it ends is an officer with his mouth full of meat is like, well, that murder weapon's probably right under our noses. And then Mary starts to giggle. That's the end of the story. Oh, man. It's so good. Kelly, thank you for ending us on such a good note. Because, shit, this is like it's a rad such fucking a good story. story. Rolled. Thank you. Rolled. Rolled. Thanks. Bell had, a, uh, had his own TV show for a while. He did, yeah, I've in the 70s. This. I've yeah. seen this as a, a television like program. Yeah, like a nice British like 70s anthology series. Yep. Pretty yes. great, too. Tales of the Unexpected. That's it, mm-hmm. yeah. And then um, there's also an Alfred Hitchcock Presents version of it. So good. Probably not like a lamb in that. What? What? Maybe not a leg of lamb in that. Oh, I don't Because Americans. Oh. Hmm. I don't know. Probably like Beef. wax them, wax them with a over the head with like a with a quarter a pack cow. of hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so I don't know. I just love that story. Um, I don't know. It just kind of proves that 
maybe we can still pick new newer stories. I, I think given given these selections <laughs> that have historically been made, your student teacher was correct. Right? Yeah. Like this yeah. is a great story and it's interesting and it also kind of pulls you in. It's not scary though, which I like, but it's suspenseful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, so. it's very nicely intriguing and wraps up with the tight with a bow. Yeah. It's great. Also, at one point, he does describe this pregnant lady's skin as translucent because she's six months pregnant. And I'm uh, like, don't oh. you have children, sir? Like, oh, like wait. stretched her like skin. Yeah. Belly is He's stretched, never so looked cute. at his wife's body. They're oh. British. They're Br- yeah, no. <laughs> so they, sorry. Yes. They make they make children with the light off. Yeah. <laughs> they actually didn't roll a doll famously during World War II. Wasn't he a spy whose deal was like. He fucked everyone. Banging yes. yep, people's he was, wives. He was the male Matahari. Yeah. yeah. He was a honeypot. He did at one point. I believe this is a quote in a letter or a phone call to Superior say, I'm all fucked I'm out. I'm fucked out. I'm tired. Which is one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> yeah. Of any children's book please, author so fucked out. in the like, history of the world. He's like, I'm so tired of having sex. Can I please just please? write about a little elf that runs a chocolate shop? <laughs> that's <laughs> all I want to do. That, that's why we get so many children's stories. He's like, yeah. like I'm uh, tired of this. Yeah, he actually started being... Like, he became an author because he was an RAF pilot and got shot down mm-hmm. and could not go back. So he was like, somebody was interviewing for it, and he's like, this is bullshit. I'm going to write it myself. Nice. Oh, you know where we learned this from? Drunk history. Oh, nice. I just nice. remembered. <laughs> Thank you, Derek Waters. <sighs> All right. Categories? Any other good I think honestly, this, this was just like a nice little like a cup of coffee after dinner. Really yeah. just appreciated it. It's still with my Perfect. stomach after the meal. Perfect. Little, little or like a little Andy's mint, you know? Just, yeah, something a little to reading a bunch of bonkers mm-hmm. fucking stories from my childhood. Yeah, very have good. a nice, nice one. I will say, so again, I think uh what I like about this is that it's sort of uh it, it's a story that has a clearly defined structure, ends in a way that's sort of poetically satisfying and justified. It is nice, much like our first story. It ends nicely and is a peekabook, which I'll point out peek-a-book. is a great way to, for me to wrap up my list tightly. Oh, so, yeah, that's true. See, meta, true. meta category. Um, I also connected it to the first story where I was nice. like, these are two very different versions of marriage. <laughs> Not instructional in their own way. So just as the as the <clears throat> Catholic Church prepares people for a marriage with pre-cana, this is pre-teen cana. Nice. Uh, I also connected to the first one, uh, but I still called it the price of women's oppression. Yeah, lady, go get a job. You'll be you'll be feel better about it. Lady, you don't have to commit murder. Your life I mean, will not stop because this man is leaving you. I mm. promise. I'm really glad she committed murder. I'm not Otherwise, upset about. The we murder. don't have a story to talk about. Yeah, if <laughs> she doesn't. So thank you. Also, thank the you. idea of murdering somebody with a big hunk of frozen meat is. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think I like to slap people with meat in <laughs> Costco? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yep, I know but you're you not, do. But not vulturize. You're not crazy. No, no. You don't slap. No, I'm not you. crazy. I don't hurt. I don't hurt anybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's you, Kelly. Me. Take it. Thanks, guys. Noise. Noise. Well, that's our list. Good work, guys. We did it. We yeah. all graduated the eighth grade again. <laughs> Good work. Yay. Punch up circumstance. Jesus. 
Um, well, we did it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we great did. job, guys. As always, thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, if you know, you're presumably, again, you're listening to us via something, so keep doing it. If it's Google Play, Spotify, feels good. Keep doing it. Yeah, or or, or mix it up. If you're on iTunes, want to listen to us on uh, Spotify, go crazy. We're also on iHeartRadio, <laughs> not iHeartRadio. We're on. Uh, oh my gosh, no, maybe actually, I don't know. We're on all kinds of things. Just rate Check us on all out. the things. And. Um, if you feel like it, which I strongly encourage you to, uh, and the option is available, give us a little bit of a rating. Five stars, please. Or a review. Not that much work. Um, and otherwise, then go about your day and enjoy this this content we've provided for you. Um, that's all I've got. Until next time. Read a book. Read a, read book. a book. Read a book. Read a short story. Read, read a six-page short story and act like it's just so hard. Just go pick up an anthology and call it a day. Mm-hmm. It might take you a year and a half to read, but that's okay. <laughs> you still finished it. Yeah. Um, you get to finish a nice little six-page story. It's great. Yeah. Feel accomplished. You and know you the... shouldn't have screen time right before bed. No. <laughs> read a book. And uh, report back to us next time. Till then. Bye. 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 Outrageous.